Good evening. My name is Greg Nelson. I'm one of the uh, elders and pastors here at Jubilee Church, and I want to welcome you to our Good Friday online service. Good Friday has special meaning in the Christian faith. It is a day in which we take a moment to reflect and remember what Jesus Christ did for each of us. If you're not familiar with the Bible story, the story is one of God's great rescue for mankind. Jesus Christ came and he suffered on our behalf. He suffered a terrible death, uh, an end that was filled with betrayal and pain. Uh, he went to the cross and was killed, murdered really, in an unjust manner, standing in the gap, trading places with those of us, men and women in the world who had turned our backs on God. And when we weren't even looking for him, he sent someone to rescue us. In fact, on this day, Jesus Christ fulfilled prophetic words from the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah wrote a letter to God's people 700 years before Jesus Christ's death. And in that letter, he describes very vividly the things that Jesus Christ would suffer. I'd like to read that for you here. This is from the 53rd chapter of Isaiah's prophecy. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his stripes we are healed. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. There are many miracles described in the Bible, but friends, I think maybe the most profound miracle in the entire Bible is this, that the God-man, Jesus Christ, who lived a perfect life, was nailed to a cross and on that fateful night, God made him who knew no sin to become sin so that we, you and I, if we place our faith in him, that we might be and have the righteousness of God. To turn a holy savior into sin, into all of the brokenness, anguish, pain, hatred and division that we've seen in the world, to place it on him so that God could, in a final and decisive way, make his statement against evil, removing it and thereby making a way that we could be forgiven. That is a profound mystery and a wonderful miracle. As we consider the last moments of Jesus' life tonight, we will hear a number of members from our church reading the scripture 
recounting the very events, the things that Jesus saw, heard, experienced, and suffered. I invite you to join us as we go through this path together. Take the time to really listen, to reflect, to put yourself in the story so that together we might receive from God great insight into all that He has accomplished on our behalf. Matthew 26, verses 36 through 41. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane, and He said to His disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with Him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, He began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. In the garden, Jesus began to feel the weight of sin pressing upon him as his soul was sorrowful, even unto death. Jesus could have given into his own desires like the disciples did and often like we do. But where we're weak, Jesus is strong. And where we fail, Jesus succeeds.
complete Jesus died my soul to save My lips shall still repeat Cause Jesus paid it all All to Him I owe Sin had left a crimson stain Mark 14, 43 through 46. And immediately while he was still speaking, Judas came, one of the twelve, and with him a crowd with swords and clubs, from the chief priests and the scribes and the elders. Now the betrayer had given them a sign, saying, The one I will kiss is the man. Seize him and lead him away under guard. And when he came, he went up to him at once and said, Rabbi, and he kissed him. And they laid hands on him and seized him. Judas's betrayal is a picture of how we have all forsaken God. Jesus died for us, not because we are better than Judas, but because we are just like Judas. As it says in Isaiah 53, 7, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene and wonder how he could love of me a sinner condemned unclean how Marvelous, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be. How marvelous, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. Matthew 26, 69 through 75. Now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard and a servant girl came up to him and said, you also were with Jesus the Galilean. But he denied it before them all saying, I do not know what you mean. And when he went out to the entrance, another servant girl saw him and she said to the bystanders, this man was with Jesus of Nazareth. And again, he denied it with an oath. I do not know the man. After a little while, the bystanders came up and said to Peter, Certainly you too are one of them, for your accent betrays you. Then he began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear, I do not know the man. And immediately the rooster crowed. And Peter remembered the saying of Jesus, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. Jesus was rejected, 
even denied by one of his closest friends. He would know not only physical pain, but emotional hurt and betrayal, as those who had stood with him now distanced themselves from him. Jesus was surrounded by a crowd of people who did not love him, would not stand by him, and wanted to take his life. He took my sins and my sorrows and made them his very own. He bore the burden to Calvary and suffered and died alone. Singing Mark 15, 1 through 5, and verse 15. And as soon as it was morning, the chief priest had a consultation with the elders and scribes and the whole council. And they bound Jesus and led him away and delivered him over to Pilate. And Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? And he answered him, You have said so. And the chief priest accused him of many things. And again, Pilate asked him, Have you no answer to make? See how many charges they bring against you? But Jesus made no further answer, so Pilate was amazed. So Pilate, wishing to satisfy the crowd, released for them Barabbas, and having scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Jesus was accused even though he had committed no crime. He was slandered even though he was innocent. He was silent even though he was sinless. He remained sinless even though falsely accused. Standing in the place we deserve to stand as those who have cursed, who have slandered, who have hated, who have pride, who have sinned. And with the ransomed in glory, His face I at last shall see.
This reading is from the book of John, chapter 19, verses 1 through 3. Then Pilate took Jesus and flogged him, and the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head and arrayed him in a purple robe. They came up to him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and struck him with their hands. Jesus was mocked, beaten, and abused. The name above all names, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords in human form had his flesh torn and thorns thrust on his head. He deserved to be exalted and worshiped, but instead allowed himself to be the subject of pain so that we could be healed. When the chief priests and the officers saw him, they cried out, Crucify him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him, for I find no guilt in him. They cried out, Away with him! Away with him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. So he delivered him over to them to be crucified. So they took Jesus and went out, bearing his own cross to the place called the place of a skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha.
Luke 23, 33 through 34. And when they came to the place that is called the skull, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garments. Jesus did not lay down his life because we asked him to. He laid down his life while we were rejecting him and running away from him. As we can see in Romans 5, 8, that God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us.
27, 57 to 60. When it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who was himself a disciple of Jesus. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate ordered it to be handed over. Taking the body, Joseph wrapped it in clean linen and laid in his new tomb as he has hewn in the rock. Then he rolled a huge stone across the entrance to the tomb and departed. Hope was silence for three days as Jesus the Messiah laid in the grave, breathless and lifeless. Let's reflect and worship God as we observe a moment of silence as we remember our Savior alone in a tomb. Friends, thank God that this is not the end of the story. As Jesus himself predicted before his brutal death, he would rise from the grave. On that fateful morning, God put his stamp of approval on Jesus Christ and on his ministry, authenticating his words when he said that he would be the way, the truth, and the life, that he had the power and authority to bring us to God. I earlier mentioned that Jesus Christ on the cross suffered the punishment that we deserve. But that's not all that he did for us. In fact, not only did he absorb God's anger and judgment against our rebellious ways, he also made a way so that we could be with God, that we could be part of God's family. And uh, we are so excited that we have an opportunity to celebrate that truth this Sunday. So I would invite you 
to join with us again this Sunday, either in person at our different locations or even online at our usual times, 9 a.m., 10 a.m., and 11 a.m. We would love to see you there and help you to see this Jesus in all of his glory and majesty. He is risen.